Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Today's podcast is going to take a format of a chat between two experts in the stock picking fields, and that will be Alan Green and Zach Mir. Alan and, and Zach, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Good to be here, Jonathan. You're most welcome. So we, you know, usual listeners to the podcast will be familiar with the format of uh, going through a number of stocks that we've been looking at this week. But we're going to change it up slightly today. and We're going to be sort of looking at the drivers of stock selection. We're going to be delving down into the key factors that drive shares and, and why investors should be looking at certain certain sectors, certain um, companies, and why Alan and Zach um, pick certain shares and, and then the main drivers between their stock selections. So to kick things off, gentlemen, we're going to start with just looking at a very broad way of selecting equities and th- there's two main themes that or two way two main ways that people could select an equity and that could be a, a top-down approach where you're looking at the general economy or a bottom-up where you're looking at specific equities um, and not really sort of paying too much attention to the general economic environment. So if we start with you, Zach, what, which one of those two um, methods would you say that you lean towards? Well, I think I've, I've never been a, a top-down person um, because I think there's just too many moving parts. You know, they're getting the macro right, getting the US election right, the UK election, Brexit, this and that. By the time you've uh, done all that, you'd, you know, you'd be even older than Warren Buffett, I think. So, so that so that one's out for me. Um, I think in this current environment, post COVID, uh, the people who've made the real money, and um, I think that's really the the way of looking at it. The people who've done the best and the situations that have done the best have been uh, definitely uh, uh, bottom up. They've definitely been the small companies. Uh, they've been normally companies which are one hit wonders. So they just make face masks, or they make uh, they make um, uh, hand sanitizer, or they make a COVID cure, or they're just one-trick ponies. Uh, they're either going to make it or they're not going to make it, or they're already making it. Uh, they're already making the, the, the face masks, etc. And you're, you're, you, you know, you don't have too many variables. You like the management. You like the CEO, maybe. Um, you like uh, the, 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 the little niche that they found, and you invest that way. It's normally a cheap company, which is worth, you know, two, three million or something like that. And uh, and uh, Bob's your uncle. Um, the the winning sectors have been. Um, tech, uh, um, tech, tech companies, uh, small sort of online-based companies as well, uh, and then at the same time, you know, the, the the COVID bandwagon, and then finally the mining companies with gold price going up. Uh, the gold price going up is probably as bad as uh, top uh, top down as I get. Uh, but there's been a, a gold rush in in, in mining stocks, and uh, those have been the multi-baggers, uh, you know, since March, let's say. And I think in the current atmosphere. Uh, that's going to re- remain the case. Alan, would would you have a different opinion to that on on your process? 
No, I, I'm I'm very much with Zach uh, and and his 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 views and opinions there. Uh, certainly from the from the bottom up approach. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very similar to Zach there. During the COVID crisis, there there have been a number of opportunities just to focus on a company producing a single product, be it hand sanitizer or PPE or whatever. Um, and of course, we we've, we've seen a number of the the biotech and pharmaceutical companies. Um, developing either a cure or a test or a, a treatment for chronic COVID patients. Either way, we've seen the most spectacular returns. You know, companies like Avacta, companies like Novasite have, have done phenomenally well. I think um, Novasite was trading at about 17p late last year. So anyone that got into that has had a, an absolute bonanza of a return. Um, but also, I, I think um, that's also... Uh, an approach the bottom up approach is probably a, an approach that traders will take because they'll be focusing not so much uh, on, on on the macro not so much on the on the political picture but they'll be just looking at, at the fundamentals of the stock and and uh, and the drivers so um so if you're investing i think you have to take into account the the bigger picture um you know the us elections uh, uh, brexit um uh, the ramifications of the covid crisis um but, but, but also, as we've said before, Jonathan, when we've spoken previously, we have the situation where governments are incurring huge debt in in regard to uh, uh, the furlough schemes there that, that they pushed out, uh, the support they're providing for companies. Um, this is costing billions of dollars, billions of pounds, uh, billions of rupees, whatever, you, whatever country you choose, it, it's had a, a huge impact. And um, in terms of the, the the dynamics behind this, it's going to provide uh, it's going to provide, I believe, a long term driver for precious metals and you know gold, silver, but also the the, the commodities too. And I think um, we're going to see a sustained recovery in the junior mining sector on the back of that. As I said before, you know, we have these projects that have lain dormant for years, and all of a sudden they they're now viable. Um, viable propositions because the commodity that is, that uh, is in the ground uh, is at a price where it's uh, it can be extracted profitably, and um, that 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 I think is is going to be with us certainly for the next two to three years. Okay, so so both very much looking at the bottom up approach there, very stock specific. But how how would you um, alter your approach if there was a a big move, for example, a hypothetical change? in regulations on, say, um, banking capital uh, requirements, if there was a big change there and all of a sudden they didn't have to hold as much capital, obviously the the UK banks there, Lloyds, Barclays, HSBC, that would be a a big boost for them. Would you then say, well, actually, this is going to be good for the whole sector. Um, I'm going to... um, make an allocation towards that that sector on a broad basis and forget the bottom up side of things or would you or would you say actually um you know there's there's a change there but i still want to look at the individual merits of each company and and maybe sort of steer yourself away from that i mean zach what would your be approach be to something like that Would, would you change your your process in a scenario uh i wouldn't change my process at all i think the uh the way governments have handled uh, the, the, this situation, but the way the governments have handled everything since uh, uh, the GFC in 2008 has been absolutely uh, 
um, abominable. Uh, I think it's been, uh, and it's gone from from that, uh, uh, you know, sort of, sort of unwise and and foolish, uh, which is what we had until uh, March, to being uh, totally idiotic. Um, and uh, I think, you know, literally, if I could switch off uh, government and not look at it at all and not look at their policies, I, w- I would do that. It's actually... I'd agree um, with that. <laughs> I think Coca the Clown could do a better job than um, Boris Johnson and friends. And it's not, it's, not, it's not actually even funny in terms of what they've done and what they're doing. And, you know, stay in, go out, uh, all that sort of stuff, you know, the memes on Twitter. Um, I think that's, it's, you know, it literally is no laughing matter at all. So any uh, government uh, policy on, in terms of the economy, et cetera, for me, I just, I would like to ignore uh, unless it affected me directly. I think the furlough thing was a disaster. It's completely foolish as well. Um, everything they've done, every initiative they've done has been wrong or uh, actually exacerbated the problem. And I think uh, I'm actually glad that you got me on here. You've probably got more than you bargained for, but uh, I'm glad that I've got a, a, a small voice uh, to say how seriously bad it is. So, um, you know, I think over Christmas, you'll have the, the unemployment uh, tidal wave coming through uh, with furlough. Um, the hospitality area, you try to go to a pub now, it's, it's, it's worse than going to Starlight 17. Uh, and so, you know, all those things that they've destroyed, um, they should have just said in March, look, the game's up, folks. Um, you know, just close your pubs and your hotels and your restaurants down because uh, we're not going to be able to do anything to help you. Uh, so, so on that basis, I stick to my uh, bottom-up approach. In fact, what we've seen with the uh, the stock market, um, the, the small cap area, it's not even it's not even a bottom up. It's actually bottom down because the the companies which were previously regarded as complete dogs and complete disaster areas um, have actually been the ones which have uh, uh, rallied the most. And it's been the year of, it's been the year of a shell of the shell basically. You know, somebody injecting a uh, an asset into a previously uh, washed up company. Uh, and so I'm I'm very much more on that. And I think that's what people are in general. They've opened up their accounts. Uh, because of the the work uncertainty and everything else, they're trading from home, and um, they'll buy a you know a point one pence stock, which is worth you know a million and a half. Put five hundred quid in and hope that it'll go to ten p. And and that's that's really the way that investing is at the moment. And uh, uh, even though it sounds like madness, it's actually been quite successful. It's because there's very little downside. It's difficult for small co- companies to go bust these days. Um, if there is a, you know, there's a rinse and repeat, repeat on the aim market all the time uh, with these situations. So I think it really is the it's, it's the time for minnows and shells and uh, one hit wonder companies and uh, anything which is shielded from the from the from the folly of uh, central banks and central government. So uh, I hope you got that. I hope you got all of that down. No, fantastic. I mean, I'll put that to you as well. It seems that the Zach's stuck to his guns throughout this. I mean, have, have you changed the way that you do things at all through COVID? I mean, do, do you find yourself sort of looking at slightly different companies now than, than what you did, say, 12 months ago? Yeah, very much so. I, I, I agree with uh, what Zach was saying about the uh, about the bottom-down approach. I mean, the there are some tiny companies out there that uh, that um, it, they're binary trades. I mean, they're, they're one way or another. You stick 500 quid in, at uh, 0.1p, and then if it goes to 10p, happy days. Um, and obviously, if you do that within a, an ISA wrapper as well, then it's tax-free cash. So, so a lot of people have done very well in that. But I think what we've also seen as a result of lockdown, we've seen uh, a lot of new people come into the market and start trading. Um, and of course, a lot of these people have 
maybe just seeing the uh, the companies that are working on COVID testing, uh, COVID cures, um, uh, treatments for chronic cases further down further down the road, such as Tiziana Life Sciences, um, and that uh, they've seen these companies. Um, progress and deliver phenomenal returns. Um, and of course, with that comes a danger because um, uh, a lot of new investors have come in, put their money in, made a lot of money. So of course, they're bringing new money into the market, creating more liquidity um, and greater volume too, which is which is a very positive thing. But um, of course, the, you know, with that comes risk because um, <laughs> a lot of these traders come in, make some money, think they're immortal and then go on and place bigger and uh, Bigger and uh, riskier bets, and uh, can, can often come unstuck. But um, certainly, to, to go back to your original point about about the banks, I would, I would, uh, if if there was a policy change from the government requiring less capital adequacy, so the the tier one levels uh, say say drop to um, you know would drop to five percent, um, uh, then I think it would provide a boost for the banking sector um, across the board, and then it would just be a question of choosing. Um, a bank that was in the strongest position because I think either way you'll get gains. I myself went into Barclays when it hit 75p and um, I hope that's going to come back and uh, and uh, you know be, be a better bet longer term. In fact, I, I invested into Barclays uh, last time around in the credit crunch and, and had a run on that. So I think you can use these situations to your advantage. And somebody was even saying earlier today that... Um, that the, the the bombed out oil sector stocks like BP and Shell they're now worth looking at again. Of course, both companies have set their stall out, um, moving into renewable energy. I think BP uh, expects to earn forty percent of its revenues from renewables by twenty thirty. You know, which is that, that's quite a claim. You know, for a company that uh, historically is 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 all about oil. So so th- so that there are are opportunities, and I think I think you have to even though the government are a complete bunch of muppets, I think you have to look at the, the policies that are being made and take those into account. And if if they do create an opportunity or, or um, they, they, uh, they, they produce a tax break or they waive tax requirements in a sector, that does create an opportunity. So I think you've got to use that. And then my, my approach would be to try and select the, the, the best, the stock that offers the best value in that sector and, and have a punt on that. Fantastic. So you... well, I would disagree. I would disagree with a bit with um, the banking sector. I think the banking sector is the uh, is the blockbuster of the two thousand and twenties. It's it, there's nothing right with it. Um, no. you, the, the money laundering. The uh, there's a recent headline about you know people living in the EU will have their UK bank accounts closed, and that's more business lost. Uh, they charge you m- money for for doing for doing absolutely nothing, um, and they don't really lend properly to the housing market either. You, you basically have to pay for the whole. The whole deposit, you know, the whole thing yourself. There's no point in having a bank at all. Um, so I, I think well, they... I, 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 actually, Zach, I, I, I've, I've got, I've got to come in there. I mean, my, my, uh, well, uh, my son and his and and his uh, his wife have just just uh, had a mortgage offer given to them, um, uh, actually through a through a well-known bank. I'm not going to go into details about it, but um, they've actually made the application, gone through the process, um, and that they've had some help. Uh, from the family, but um, but they the, the mortgage offer is accepted. So so the, 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 there are the, the banks are moving the goalposts all the time on this. I, I do know that, but I do know also that money is being lent. And also, you know, with HSBC, for example, you've got a bank that has truly international exposure. So um, I don't think you can 
you, you can classify them all and put them all into the into the um, into the sinking ship of UK PLC. Uh, th- there are opportunities out there, but you've got to be selective. You've got to you've got to do your research, look at the right ones, and you know look at the current scenario um, as we as we stand at the moment, and which bank is likely to, to benefit from it. Um, but I agree. I mean, it, it is a it is a it is a complete mess at the moment, and um, I, you, you have to pick your stocks carefully if you're going to go into that sector. I'd rather invest in the bank of Mr. and Mrs. Green, I think, rather than... Uh, <laughs> I think that, I think that uh, uh, Alan Green Jr. probably wouldn't have bought his, uh, been able to buy his house uh, if it weren't for uh, 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 the good auspices of, uh, of your... Uh, of your goodwill. So uh, I think uh, I, I, I sort of rest my case still, if you know what I mean. So, uh, um... yeah, yeah. I, I, well, well, no, I, I, th- I think there are, there are an awful lot of factors to take into account and probably overall you'd look at another sector rather than banking. Um, I mean, the insurance company is another sector that's right for recovery. You know, there are some uh, legal and general, of course, a lot of the insurance companies uh, ax their dividends, uh, legal and general didn't ax their dividends and uh, you know, their share prices, Still doing pretty well, so that, that you've got to pick and choose the opportunities. You've got to look at the at the the best performers in the sector, the the companies that have the best balance sheets, and if you see an opportunity, go with those. So uh, opportunities do exist. Indeed. So just to let everybody know that's listening, um, Alan and Zach will be very kindly joining us on the 20th of October for our virtual investor conference, where there will be a selection of stock tips presented so do sign up there we notes to that in the uh the podcast notes uh after the uh, after the show so do sign up now i just want to move on now because we there's a classic argument between value and growth and and of course if you're looking at equity markets back in in march it was very much a, a value situation but we, we've seen a sharp rally since then I mean, how has your approach changed since then? Or has it remained the same throughout? I mean, are you always looking for, for value in equities or, or are you looking for those companies that are, are seeing strong revenue gains? Um, and, and how could, do you see that sort of playing out going forward with the backdrop of uh, economic strife caused by, by COVID? Do you see yourself changing your approach there going forward, Zach? What, what, how would you sort of uh, look at equities on, on a value and, and growth basis? Well, I think on the tra- traditional thing, uh, traditional metrics, you've got the FTSE at 6,000 and it was, it's, it's a thousand points lower than it was uh, uh, 20 years ago. So, you know, there's plenty of value there, but it doesn't quite work like that. Uh, the, in, the, in the post-COVID environment, the only way of, uh, I mean, the, the easiest way, I suppose, of looking at the larger companies to say, one, have they been affected by COVID? And, and two, are they still um, making money and paying out a dividend? And uh, that sort of gets rid of 99% of uh, uh, the contenders. So it's, it's normally, uh, it's, it's, it's good in a way in the sense that you've got, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a bear, let's say this, if it's a bear market, you just look at the, you know, the few things which are, are going up uh, or, you know, looking blue. Uh, rather than red and go for them. And I think in this situation now, um, you know, the, the COVID's made it very, you know, it's, you know, real estate's out, you know, hospitality's out, airlines are out. So, you know, what's left? Um, mm. And, you know, I suppose, if, you know, Alan touched on the insurers. Well, you know, the insurers are obviously would are very good at dodging uh, payouts. So they would have not paid out on COVID <laughs> instead of so force majeure or something like that. So 
presumably uh, they're 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 doing okay. But you can count the the winners on on you know literally on the, on on one hand. And I suppose it does come down to sort of boring stuff like you know Premier Foods or uh, a mining stock um, you know that, that's the like for Expo or uh, or, or or you know a, a company which has uh, ongoing revenues and has not been disrupted. And that's really the way to go. I think in some ways, um, since March, it's actually become much easier um, because you can see the wood for the trees before, you know, there was, you had a lot of, a lot of stuff going up just because we were in a low interest rate environment. Uh, zombie, uh, the sort of zombie companies kept going as well. And I think that that period of zombiness, uh, even though the government is trying to keep it going, uh, is going to end quite soon. So, I mean, Alan, you're, I mean, we, we spoke about numerous stocks. Well, I mean, with this market sort of having a, a, a relatively sharp rally, I mean, your approach, do you sort of look for those ones that are sort of growing or are you really looking for sort of bombed out ones that, that could see a bounce back? Or, or do you feel that some of these bombed out ones present too much risk that you'll you'll probably stay stay clear of them? Yeah, I, 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 it's a bit of both, actually, Jonathan. I, I mean, on regard in regard to bombed out stocks, um, Everyone who knows me knows that uh, a couple of years ago I bought into Thomas Cook, and the first time around I had a spectacular return because the uh, I just figured that um, the issues with the company and the valuation of the market attributed to the company um, was completely at odds the, with the amount of money the company was bringing in, and uh, I was proven right the first time around. The second time around, of course, as we know, the company went into administration. Nowadays, I wouldn't touch ledger or holiday stocks with a barge pole for for obvious reasons. But um, but there are there are, there are always opportunities in growth sectors. There will always be a sector laggard, uh, a stock that uh, is trading on a lower multiple than the others um, for various reasons. And often you can you can you can discover or, or you you can find an opportunity in those companies. And that 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 um, that principle hasn't really changed in spite of in spite of the, the situation we now find ourselves in, you know, if we have a growth sector. And, you know, mining is, as I've said on many occasions and uh, already today, this is, for me, going to be the growth sector of the next few years, simply because uh, precious metals and commodities like iron ore and copper um, are increasing in value because um, because they're tangible commodities and uh, they tend to be, the, uh, the options investors look for in times of uncertainty, and obviously, given the uh, given the effective devaluation in fiat currency as a result of the of the uh, of the money printing that's taking place to support countries during COVID, um, it's we've got this compelling scenario. Um, there are also some great pharmaceutical stocks out there as well, of course, uh, you know, who are working on on the COVID cures, um, and there are also some. Zach mentioned tech as well. Some great technology companies, you know, that um, as a result of the lockdown, um, companies engaged in, in communication, secure communications. Um, uh, I mean, Zoom obviously is, is a case in point. Uh, we're all using Zoom for meetings at the moment. Um, so companies that offer solutions like that, I think, are the growth companies of, of the next few years. But yeah, but, but, sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. What's it? Because I'm looking at the list of like the rising stocks over the last, you know, the FTSE 350 rises over the last six months. And there's only one mining stock, Fresnillo, which is, you know, like up nearly 100%. But yeah. if you look further down the market, let's say one in three or, you know, two out of three uh, uh, rising stocks in, in the small cap area have been mining stocks. So yeah. that hasn't filtered through to the blue chips. 
I mean, all right. you have blue chips are basically delivery company, the delivery based companies or the home improvement companies, uh, basically uh, leading the way. Yeah, uh, which is not re- which is you know basically an obvious thing from from COVID, but yeah. it doesn't really smack of any sort of value situation or anything else. It's just people panicking into uh, you know stuff which they think will 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 do well out of the current environment, which is not value. It's that's momentum trading, not value. Or you know, it's fear of missing out type of trading. So I think the, the what people are doing, where the money actually is, is is basically with the blue chips. Is just saying what's a winner and what's a loser in this environment, and just. Yeah. Uh, whittling it down to a few small areas like the Ocados or the Kingfishers, etc. So um, I think I, you know, I listen to many of these types of exercises and you have very worthy people coming up with um, boring companies um, that, you know, were, you know, on a PE of three and, and this and that. But the actual winners are normally, you know, much more, uh, let's say, exciting. And then, you know, there's there's much more momentum in, in it's momentum trading rather than value trading that we see the, at the moment. I don't see there's very little value trading at all or value investing at all, apart from Warren Buffett, obviously. And- I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that completely, Zach. And I, 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 I think, you know, the it's really hard to find value in this market. The, the only value I, I, I do believe that exists is with the, the journey mining companies that have these these dormant projects. You know, that that's where the opportunities do exist. But uh, um, I think probably to, to spread risk, you've got to look further afield too. You've maybe got to look at a company that has global exposure. And most of the first 100 co- companies have. Um, obviously, you know, stocks like Kingfisher that we spoke about the other week, Jonathan, those are, that's really UK and Eurocentric, um, but uh, has had a very good run. Will that continue? Uh, certainly for now, yes. But, um, you know, longer term, it, it's a really hard one to call. But I, I think the companies that, have exposure to global markets and, and particularly China, because let's not face it, China was the first to be affected by COVID and it's the first first out the other side. Um, and we're already seeing, you know, iron ore demand, you know, the, 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 the demand for iron ore in China rocketing through the, through the roof again. Um, iron ore prices hit a record high the other week and uh, there are shortages as a result of the, the dam collapse in, in Brazil, uh, the, the, the Valley dam, dam collapse, which um, which have have squeezed the iron ore price higher, and that shows no signs of slowing down. So, um, yeah, I I, I think um, I think you've got to take a, a more global view. And of course, you know, if you're uncomfortable with stocks, then there are some great funds out there that will help you help you sort of achieve that 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 aim too. Um, uh, Bailey Gifford Global Discovery, for instance, is a very good fund, and I've um, I've been in that for for a number of years, and uh, it's delivered solid returns since the lockdown so um so i i think certainly for me if i'm investing i'm looking i'm 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 taking a a global view if um if i'm taking a a bottom down or bottom up view then i'm looking at individual stocks most likely in the mining sector or possibly um opportunities within the covid sector among biotechs and farmers so zach i just want to come back to you so you we're obviously looking there at the FTSE 350 talking about it is very much a trade based on momentum as opposed to to, to value or growth which which i have to agree with you know particularly in those sort of top 10 or 20 performers this year in the FTSE 350 of course if we look over to the United States we've seen momentum really driving markets higher there where where these stay at home equities uh, you know the likes of Apple Google uh, Facebook for example have, have 
to some extent become defensive equities as people pile into those because there's you know relatively reliable cash flows coming uh, from them but going back to the FTSE 350 when do we see a switch from momentum from companies such as, as Premier Foods that we mentioned there um, you know th- those ones that perform very well you mentioned some miners when does that switch and and the interest switch towards those companies that are offering uh, a lot of value because they've been beaten up um, quite heavily. I mean, of course, there's ones there which are relatively high risk. And you're looking at Cineworld, IAG, um, you know, EasyJet, for example. But you know, there's ones like WH Smith that are down there did very well before COVID. Of course, have been been quite heavily hit. There is, of course, that the vaccine. If we saw a, a vaccine coming, I'm sure we'd see a very strong rally. But for you, Zach, would that signal a point? to then change your approach to start picking up some of these companies that will offer a lot of value? I think, yeah, I think the value would be, I was speaking to somebody who was talking about um, Cineworld, uh, which obviously at the moment looks like a basket case. Um, you know, it's, it's just you, you wouldn't want to go any, anywhere near that. But I think you do have the uh, Alan's Thomas Cook type opportunity coming through um, at some point if we ever find a vaccine, which I don't believe we will. Um, but if we did find a vaccine, um, then you would have, and you know, hospitality and airlines and travel, etc., uh, went back to normal. That's when the you know, the obvious value, I think, would be there. I mean, Cineworld would just be like spectacularly cheap um, on that basis. So I think there's there's a lot to look forward to in, in the sense that uh, if there is a sudden you know improvement in that uh, situation in the in the COVID situation, so um, hold you know hold and obviously real estate, the Hammersons, etc. Um, you know the the, the the shopping mall people uh, and all that sort of area would go absolutely bananas. So there's something to look forward there. But I do think that you you've got a situation where there are some some industries and some areas, um, maybe like the banks uh, and insurers, that will take a a long time. They they could be value traps for quite a long time, um, and there isn't such an obvious endpoint to the to the misery that they've um, they've delivered. Because you could say Barclays was great at two quid. You could say it was great at, you know, uh, 150, et cetera. And you might say it's great now, and then it's, you know, 50p. And so it's been the same uh, dance with Lloyd. So I think the, the value will be, um, will be if there's a, a, an obvious end to COVID uh, or, or the, 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 there's, a, there's a cure to COVID. Um, but otherwise, I think it'll be, much more, uh, much more difficult because we're we're also we're going to go into a different world. I think you know the work from home thing is not going to is is I think probably set for quite a while, and so a lot of industries are going to be they're not going to bounce back you know quite the same as or they're not going to be quite the same as they were before. Um, although obviously the stock market likes to you know I mean Kingfisher is higher than it was before before COVID, which is uh, you know probably it shouldn't be. Because um, I don't believe that people have the disposable income that they had beforehand, and, and they won't have going forward. Um, but um, to, to answer your question, I think the, the value will be in 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 the in the in the cursed sectors of the moment. That will be the obvious value there. So I agree with your point there, Kingfisher. Of course, during this uh, this period, it's, it's been very warm. People are being paid to stay at home to some extent. So they've got very little else to do as opposed to uh, to, to popping down to B and Q, which I'm sure will change throughout the, uh, the the winter months to some extent. But Alan, I just want to put it um, to you. Would you start looking at some of these, you know, higher risk, obviously very negative stories around them 
at this point in time and start dipping your toe in expectations that there's going to be a strong rally. Because, of course, if we do see any announcements on vaccines, we see very strong rallies in markets, very hard to, to jump and, and jump on that and, and miss quite a significant amount of the move. Or do, or do you think now it's just too high risk when you're looking at these leisure and, and travel stocks and you just got to stay well away from them at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't touch them with a barge pole, Jonathan. You know, leisure and travel stocks are, are an absolute no-no. But, uh, yeah, we uh, just going back to King Chris, of course, that, um, you know, it's it's higher now than it was before before the crisis. But uh, um, also Travis Perkins, the builders merchant, uh, reported um, numbers uh, 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 about a month ago and uh, very, very strong performance. But I think what was telling were, were the comments from the, the company and the board that, um, that uh, it forecasts really robust demand into the future, um, and that of course is from is from home improvement. You know, uh, people doing home improvements. Also from the building trade, going and doing repairs to existing properties, and also from the house builders too. So, um, so th- th- there's been a bit of a uh, the house builders. I think um, uh, came back quite strongly with the with the index, and then have drifted over the summer somewhat. But um, but certainly there seems to be demand there at the moment, and the orders are there. From you know, from, from the big companies like Bellway and Travis and uh, and Taylor Wimpy uh, in with the uh, with the material suppliers to 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 keep them supplied. And I know I've got contacts in the building trade down here, um, and uh, they're booked. Um, in many cases, they have projects booked in for the next year to eighteen months. So that is that's an area I think that um, that will give an op- that will will uh, throw up opportunities. So if I were going to go anywhere, that's probably where I'd look at. But um, I, I think, again, if I go into that area, then I'd look at the companies um, in there and I might uh, put a, uh, I, I might spread my investment across three or four plays, but um, then I might look at one in there that's uh, maybe lagging the rest, if, see what the reasons are. And, um, and uh, I, I'd probably sort of use that as a punt and, uh, and hope it will catch up with the, with the others in the sector. Fantastic. So ju- just to finish off here, um, I'm going to put this to to both of you. What is the most important ratios and financial ratios that you look at? We've obviously discussed uh, you know, value versus growth, but there's obviously a way to measure um, the, the, the uh, relative uh, value of, of a stock. I mean, Zach, which is your go-to financial ratio that you of course you probably use a uh, a blend of them but but what is the most important one to you i think it's probably i mean it's a bit probably a bit weird actually but i suppose it's it's the it's p versus price earnings ratio versus where the where the shares are actually in the in the in their trading range so i think that that sort of give, that's a technical thing that's a charting thing so basically if it's on a you know if it's on a pe of 20 but it's uh near the top of the range, that's one thing. If it's on the PE 20 near the bottom of the range, that's another. And so I just, I'd sort of like to, to, to mix the, the, the two aspects there. And that for me gives you, it sort of gives me an orientation because obviously you could have a very low PE, which is a, a, a value trap. Um, but if the, if the chart uh, it, it sort of says that this is you know, near the bottom or at the bottom, then I would go with it. If the chart doesn't, obviously, then I reject it. So it's basically using two, a non-related um, metric, two non-related factors, uh, which I think is 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 a useful thing 
to do. It's a bit like an in technical analysis. You might use the relative strength in, in indicator, and then you use the MACD in, MACD indicator. So you have two things which uh, are not related to each other, but they if they both are in alignment, then you you know you have a you have a potential uh, trade. So um, I have to say though that. Um, Basically, from from what I've seen, especially uh, this year, uh, out of the thirty years I've been looking at the market or more, um, the the technicals for me have been much more uh, useful. Just because um, you know, in March, April, you would never really have guessed that that could have been the bottom of the market unless you looked at the charts, and so you really needed that that input of the higher low for April and then the breaking the March resistance and blah blah blah. That was a really good steer on 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 the market, and obviously much more useful uh, than than you know the PE ratio. I'm looking at the chart of persimmon at the moment. Uh, the, the, you know the PE ratio of persimmon it wouldn't have helped you in March when the shares were 14 pounds. Um, what have, would help would have helped you potentially buy the shares below 20 pounds versus 26 at the moment is is the charting thing. So I think that is that's my sort of I'm sort of slightly dodging the question, but that's my my answer on that. Fantastic. So Zach leads very much or leans very much towards the technical analysis side of things. Alan, what uh, what are your most important factors? Well, actually, quite similar to Zach in uh, in that I'll I'll look at the PE ratio if I'm if I'm if I'm looking for value in the sector. I'll look at the PE ratio and again look at the range um, on the year and and also also within that mix too. Um, if the companies are paying dividends or if they're not, because if the company is paying dividends and it's trading on trading on a similar ratio to other companies in the sector that aren't paying dividends, then then that to me would be would mark it out as a safer investment because you know you've got that uh, added income to, to 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 come in too. But this year has thrown so many metrics out of the window. Um, I think uh, I think. Um, I, I, I'm at the moment. I'm looking at sectors that uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking looking at sectors that I think will do have an opportunity for recovery or at least some sustained growth over the next year to eighteen months. And um, and my my I, I'll look at that. I'll look at that sector. Then I'll I'll look at the um, the, the year years years high year highs and year lows, the PE ratio, and also. Um, with the largest stocks, if there's a dividend incorporated in in with that. Fantastic. So, Zach and Alan, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. So, just as a reminder, um, Zach and Alan are going to be joining us on the 20th of October for the UK Investor Magazine Virtual Investor Conference. Um, They'll be presenting a number of stock selections to take us into the year end. That will be one of six different slots that will include um, a very broad economic um, breakdowns as well as company presentations. So do sign up to that and and the notes um, will include a link for you to sign up. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.